0: Hello and welcome to another tsunami preflight. Where today we're talking about a subject near and dear to everyone's heart: the total destruction of all living things on the planet
2: via nuclear fire. Indeed, or winter, or winter. Yeah, as the case may be. Um,
0: so we're we're not boxing ourselves in. in <clears> anyway, <throat> uh, we are talking about Barefoot Gin, number fourteen. I'm gonna say uh, movie yeah. on the top. 100. Almost
2: in the top ten. Yeah,
0: we're uh, ping ponging around a little bit now that we've reached the uh, top. Twenty-five. the end, the
2: end game.
0: Um, where uh, sometimes we're going forward, sometimes we're going yeah. back, not nailing yep. us down. And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite <coughs> nuclear me. destruction. Do you say nuclear or nuclear?
2: Mm, oh, I'm not a moron, so I don't say n- n- nuclear.
0: <laughs>
2: we'll uh, leave the pres- judgments. Former aside. President Bush said nuclear. Yeah. Um, what was the. I guarantee Trump says nuclear.
0: What was the Bond movie with. Um, where what's-her-face is the physicist, and she kept saying nuclear.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, anyway, we're th- going to... I think that's dying another day. Falling
0: down into another deep hole of yeah.
2: stupidity, but... Uh, it's nuclear. Yeah. Global thermonuclear... I want to play global thermonuclear war.
0: How about a nice game of chess? <laughs> uh, obviously, that's the best potential...
2: Well, we had a lot okay. of choices, but we tried to pick some that had not been talked about a billion trillion times. So. Right.
0: I had a very specific range of thought in my life, oh, but yeah? specifically What's around your this
2: specific range of thought.
0: Well, I don't want to get to it. I want to, That's just a tease oh, wow. for later on. Okay, exciting. That's to keep people sticking exciting. around, we're
3: we'll okay. trying to
0: get our uh, average
2: well, I time spent <coughs> viewing numbers up. I stuck. With some pretty I've tried to stick with movies that are about A nuclear apocalypse or about The threat of a nuclear apocalypse Or the aftermath as opposed to movies That feature one like Terminator Features one but I don't view That as a nuclear apocalypse movie because that's a Small part of the overall story
0: it's not A plot point it's the central
2: Yeah it's if the movie Is largely about the event Or the prevention of the event Or the Aftermath of the event
0: um um, well, first up, we are going to talk about a movie that is very much about the event. Yes, um, and that
2: is—that's—that's <laughs> oh, that's in bad taste. Sean, um, Sean very bad taste. Um,
0: I like that you then used it again. Yeah,
2: you just couldn't get enough. A hilarious dead kid from Hiroshima. Um, so, Barefoot Gen uh, came out in 1960 or 1983. Uh, And there are actually two Barefoot Gen movies that are based on a 10-part manga. Um, And they were pretty big hits in Japan. They're considered seminal works because they are uh, pretty blistering and truthful accounts of the lead-up to Hiroshima and Nagasaki in terms of where the war was, what Japan was like in that late World War II, right before the bombs were dropped era, when they were kind of the last... Axis power that was yeah. refusing to surrender. Um, and then not only the horrible events, uh, ha- you know, in the days of the bombs being dropped and then the, the weeks and months afterwards, but then the the years afterwards where uh, America came in and essentially rebuilt Japan in our own image, um, which is a whole other level of complexity. So obviously when this happened historically it was a almost a societal reset for japanese society because it was a complete change of everything that had come before and a new order being established in a really really all happening within like a five-year period Um, so it kind of destroyed and rebuilt japanese society and set them on the path to where they are now so it's a it's a obviously a subject that uh, anyone Japanese uh, grapples with at some point in their lives and certainly much Japanese art, uh, almost any science fiction anime or, you know...
0: Yeah, the ha- genesis of it. Yeah, it's if way- it's
2: not... I mean, if it's not about um, literally Nagasaki and Hiroshima, it's Godzilla, which is just a metaphor for that, or it's um, Akira, which is just another metaphor for that. I mean, so there's a reason that Japanese... Um, Fiction for many years, particularly in the 80s, which is when Barefoot Gen came out, was so focused on the idea of an apocalypse because they are the only major society uh, that has lived through one. So for them, it's just something that their art grappled with for many years and and continues to, but definitely in the 80s was like a new generation of people wanting to deal with it. Right. So Barefoot Gen, based on a manga, uh, the film um concerns a young boy he's six and his family and we sort of start off with them pre bomb being dropped and you see how privation was sort of destroying the japan like essentially japan was already at a point where they were basically broken uh at this point in the war they were out of resources they were out of food um, everybody was sacrificing everything for the war effort uh, and it was getting pretty desperate to begin with at this time. Um, but no one was allowed to admit that because nationalism was at an all-time high um, and they had, they were trying to be brave in the face of what looked like certain defeat. Um, so uh, it, it kind of starts off and you see what life is like before the bomb and his, brother, his father is bitter and feels like... Japan's making a huge mistake, which they right. were, and uh, then we live through in the movie. Then they're there, and the bomb drops on Hiroshima, and we see this horrifying sequence of the actual what the bomb did to people. And then it's again half of his family gets wiped out. His mother, it just ends up being him and his mother, and then his mother.
0: Is pregnant.
2: Is pregnant, and she has an early, uh, a premature birth because the shock to her body. So he has a sister, so it's those three trying to make it in this blasted landscape, and you get very, very graphic, like... You know, they show you the starvation. They show you the people being burned, the people who didn't have shelter,
0: yeah, like going through radiation sickness. And, yeah,
2: yeah, all I mean the which is one of the most horrible ways to die. And then they show you know later in the and this might be in the second movie, but they show the Americans come in and take That's over. The second movie. Yeah, and you see Americans like harvesting organs and stuff. Like it's it was pretty horrible, and it's not it's to see it on this level of detail. I think most Americans go and we dropped the bomb and we had to because right. it was either that or we lose a million soldiers on a land war um and we don't really have to see the result of what we what our you know country did and this is like the very full
0: specific this shows you like detail.
2: here's exactly what happened and how awful and horrible it was so it's a very tough movie to watch I would say it's a necessary movie to watch, and this is one of those movies you would say, along with, like, *Rave of the Fireflies, when people say animation can't be serious or animation can't be art, you know, you show them this and go... Fuck you. Fuck you, yeah. So I'm going to show you a scene that would... I'll put a, 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 um, a warning in front of... Actually, let's see the teaser first, then we'll talk about the scene. So let's look at the teaser. This is a teaser that a YouTube... Uh, user made they made like a, a modern teaser for this as if it was a modern movie and I think it's a good teaser so check it out So they did a in yeah. slowed down cover, like modern trailer style. But that, that gives you an idea of the feeling of dread, though. I think it does a really good job of sort of the inevitability of what's going to happen. You as a viewer know what you're about to see and just the, the level of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so here, and spoiler alert, if you're uh, squeamish, you might want to look away for a little while. But this is the scene of the bomb dropping on Hiroshima. It's about three minutes long and this is the uh, probably the most disturbing scene in the movie but
0: yeah the in whole a, movie in is, a movie of tremendous I was
2: gonna say the whole movie is filled with sad disturbing things but this is the this is the reason it kind of will stick in your head. so if you're ready, we'll look at it if you're not ready, take a break come back in three minutes and we'll we'll keep talking
4: Vi. とじゃあ。Então...
5: Here 3,600 feet. Fixed on target. Release bomb. Roger, Releasing bomb.
2: a fun clip yeah um so yeah you know when you see that you rethink the morality of the decision which obviously is a was a complicated one but like you rethink you know we did vaporize unarmed civilians in two cities yeah um so the movie deals with that as its central defining event but also then it's gen's journey afterwards trying to survive through the wreckage and then in the later movies it's surviving through the refugee camps and the rise of the creation of the yakuza who kind of grew out of that who grew out of the black market and the things that happened as a result of the chaos from japan falling um so it's an important movie it's one of those movies that you know at some point you got to watch but i wouldn't say it's a fun watch And, and uh it's not a movie you're going to want to watch a lot. It's a it's a war movie, in and in a but it's a very human movie that works really hard to show the human side of a major event. Yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and I think it's a good companion for Grave of the Fireflies, which Grave of the Fireflies doesn't show you in such graphic detail. The bomb dropping, Grave of the Fireflies is is just about the starvation and the the. The, you know, how everything was destroyed and the people that were left were yeah, trying to. The functional to, reality
0: of yeah. rebuilding humanity.
2: But they're good companion pieces for one another. I wouldn't suggest them as a triple feature. Mm. Well. I mean, less, maybe mm. Sean would get a kick out of it because yeah. he thought it was funny. But um, normal people, no. So that's Barefoot again. It is one of the greatest animated movies ever made and it's one of the most moral and one of the most uh, tough to watch. So. We, we watched it for you. Yeah. Um, so next up, we'll have some more fun apocalypse because this is all – most of my choices are all about fake apoco- ap- apocaly- <laughs> apocalypses.
0: <laughs> I believe it's apocalypses.
2: Um, first up for me is a movie from the 80s starring Anthony Edwards. <laughs> and uh, it's weird, it was weirdly billed as like a romantic – almost like a wacky night out kind of romantic movie. So – He's a sad sack guy, he's going on a date with a woman, um, and she's late for the date, and he's at this diner waiting for her, and he gets a phone call, uh, the phone rings in the diner, the pay phone, and there's a guy on the other end who says he's trying to reach his brother who works at the diner, and that he is a he's a soldier who works in a nuclear silo, and he says that the missiles have been launched... And that they, they'll they be there within a matter of hours, all major cities. It feels like a, a breach of There's a protocol. nuclear war. And he's calling to tell his brother, get the fuck out of town, get away from any major city. So Anthony Edwards doesn't know whether this guy's just crazy or whether it's real, but he's totally wigged out. So most of the movie is him running around trying to get people to believe him that they need to get the fuck out of there. This is in L.A. and that there's going to be a nuclear strike um and then he's also sort of still romantic with this girl so it's a real the tone is really all over the place he's got
0: a dual but, purpose yeah.
2: but it's an interesting movie and it makes you think about what would you do if you knew shit was going to end in 4 right. hours um and and you know that's the main function and again this was in the 80s which is when those of you kiddies who were not alive in the 80s we who were it was A constant in the background of everything you did was the idea that nuclear war is something that's possible between the U.S. and Russia. Now you get to have that feeling. Yeah, there's a whole new generation. Yeah, there's a whole new feeling. So, um, But it was something that was in a lot of art and in a lot of, um, you know, it was not an uncommon thing for... Movies to be dealing with it is why you got the Terminator and movies like that. So, um, I found um, Siskel and Ebert talking about the movie, and it's a pretty great conversation between them about it. So, I thought that's probably better than the crappy trailer. It gives you an idea of the movie, and you get to enjoy Siskel and Ebert. So, let's check it out.
3: Our next movie is a strange doomsday fantasy named Miracle Mile which begins with Boy Meets Girl and ends with Boy Loses Girl and Rest of Civilized World. The movie opens with Anthony Edwards and Mary Winningham making a date to meet later that night in the coffee shop where she works.
2: You go back to your hotel, clean your spit valve, and take a nap because you're going to need all your energy
5: tonight.
3: I think I'm going to head back take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but he oversleeps, and when he arrives at the coffee shop hours later, he picks up a payphone, and someone on the other end tells him that a worldwide nuclear war is going to break out in about an hour. He tries to convince some of the other customers in the all-night cafe. Hey, and he hey, says,
1: hey, you guys. He says, hey, I, shut up. Hey. Look, this could be very important. Does anyone here have a son in a missile silo?
5: Missile silo?
1: Yeah, North Dakota. Chip?
0: Look, I know how this sounds, but...
1: Well, I answered the phone out there, and, and the guy on the other end, he was very, very frantic. He, he thought I was his dad for a minute. I, I think he just said the wrong area code. Yes, but, so what? Oh, so he was calling from a missile silo. He said that they were locked in, 50 minutes and counting, to shoot off their nuclear wad.
3: When Edwards is finally reunited with Winningham, she wonders if the phone call was really for real.
2: Where did you hear we'd started a war? Those people at the helicopter said Landa told them, and you told Landa?
3: <laughs> God,
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Meanwhile, word of the appending nuclear attack spreads through Los Angeles like a forest fire, and there's panic in the streets. No Miracle Mile has an almost surrealistic quality to it. How would you feel if you were the only person in the world who knew that war was starting in an hour's time? And what if you tried to tell everybody, but you were wrong? One of the ingenious things about Miracle Mile is that we're never quite sure right up until the end whether this guy on the other end of that wrong number knew what he was talking about or whether it was just a practical joke. The movie sometimes feels a little bit like Martin Scorsese's After Hours, both movies are about a guy who meets the girl of his dreams and the encounter leads to an endless nightmare. This isn't as good as After Hours, but it does work and it is effective. It didn't work for me. Um, I keep not liking these pictures. <laughs> uh, I don't know. To
5: me, it would be a lot. The reality of a situation like this would be a lot rougher, mm-hmm. a, lot, m- a lot meaner, strange, alienating. Uh, people would be grabbing each other a little bit more, and not in a theatrical way, but in a, in a disconnected, strange kind of way. This, to me, seemed. I hate to say it, more like a movie, rather than what you would expect in something like this,
3: of a, a more documentary kind well, of feel. If you Well, if you want a really uh, realistic film about the aftermath of we the nuclear one. war, the movie is Testament, which right. is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. This movie is not like that. It aims at a different level. I'll tell you what you're probably picking up on here. This movie has the look of kind of the Los Angeles style of magazine art direction. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the neon signs, the... Uh, the '50s uh, kinds of, uh, of of drive-in restaurants and right. things like that. The whole lighting and the whole clothing is supposed to look like some kind of an ad, I think, for fashion clothes uh, in a in a slick magazine. Right. And that probably undermines it. If it had been a little grittier, if it had been in black and That's, white, it would have been a different movie. But I like the one they make.
2: So I like
0: that uh, Roger Ebert talks for like ten minutes, and then Gene says, I like, mean, nah."
2: Siskel, uh, neither of them talk as much when they don't like a movie. They let the person make their case. That was their agreement with each other. Um, So I will give you the spoiler. It does end with the war. It does actually happen. And it ends with uh, a a warhead comes down. The EMP from the warhead, the electromagnetic pulse, knocks out all the power. And uh, Anthony Edwards and Mayor Winningham are in a helicopter. And the helicopter crashes into the La Brea tar pits. And it ends with them drowning in tar. As the I as go. the nuclear strike explodes, Straight so to the a, dinosaurs, it's a fun romp. Yeah, um, it's pretty ridiculous though, and a one of those fun movies about like, oh shit's going crazy. Um, so next up is a classic uh, nuclear uh, apocalypse film, and that is 1964's Fail Safe, directed by the great Sidney Lumet, starring a whole bunch of famous people: um, Walter Matthau, Henry Fonda, and so. This movie is about an, a plane accidentally uh, – a, a, a passenger plane accidentally enters um, U.S. airspace. That's a Soviet plane. And they find out – whoops, it was a mistake. Sorry. But an automatic signal is sent to a missile a, – um, a, a, Bom- a bomber group who takes off to go drop a bomb on Moscow. Would they, Before they can realize the mistake that this group has taken off – Moscow has um, anti, um, they have radio scramblers, so they can't contact this this crew. So the president gets on the phone with the premier of Russia and basically says, here's what's going on. And the premier of Russia is basically saying they're trying to figure out do you need help shooting it down? Where might it be? Um, and the U.S. Is, scrambles fighters to shoot it down and the Russians scramble fighters and then the it basically looks like it's going to hit anyway and the russian premier is like well i i'm gonna have to launch all my missiles if you blow up moscow and the u.s president in a desperate last-ditch attempt to keep global war from happening says i will i will drop a bomb on new york like so we're even Stephen. which <laughs> seems to me it's too late at that point but i think he's just desperately trying yeah, to i don't think anything be... that prevents right humanity's complete and total annihilation. But the point of this movie was to show how easy it would be through a series of misunderstandings for two countries that don't speak that are so heavily armed that have multiple warheads that can kill millions to you know just
0: yeah settling <laughs> beef playground style yeah. like okay you hit, yeah. you I owe you one Which, so And when better, you,
2: and when you watch this movie when you see Henry Fonda as the president doing his absolute best you become really terrified when you think about who we have as president now and how it will go now. Um, we'd all be dead, pretty much. But um, so let's check out this is a scene where Walter Matthau, who is an analyst, explains the sort of logic behind. He's in favor of not reducing the amount of nukes we have, and he has a line of reasoning that's very cold and direct as to why. But basically, the whole movie interrogates this point of view. Like, this is his thesis. And the movie is an anti is an antithesis to this that that, that this is this logic cannot be applied to human life. So um, check out this scene. Two hours ago, you said a hundred million dead. Now you say sixty million.
5: I say sixty million is perhaps the highest price we should be prepared to pay in a war. And what's the difference between sixty million dead and a hundred million? Forty million. Some difference. Are you prepared to say the saving of 40 million lives is of no importance? You missed the point, Professor. The saving of those 60 million lives is what's important. Face facts, Mr. Foster. We're talking about war. I say every war, including thermonuclear war, must have a winner and a loser. Which would you rather be? In a nuclear war, everyone loses. War isn't what it used to be still the resolution of economic and political conflict. Oh, what kind of resolution with a hundred million dead? It doesn't have to be a hundred million. Even 60? The same as a thousand years ago, sir. When you also had wars that wiped out all peoples, the point is still who wins and who loses, the survival of a culture. A culture with most of its people dead, the rest dying, the food poisoned, the air unfit to breathe? You call that a culture? Yes, I do, Mr. Foster. I am not a poet. I am a political scientist who would rather have an American culture survive than a Russian one.
0: It's weird seeing Walter Mouthat not eat a jelly donut in his yeah. underwear. Yeah.
2: Um, but he plays a political political scientist, which I thought was funny. You were you a political science major, right? Oh, right? But you didn't end up going into that field.
0: Yeah. I'm just a pain in the ass from time to time.
2: Yeah. Um, professionally, one might say. Um, So then next up is a film that's pretty recent, uh, The Road, directed by John Hillcoat, who also did The Proposition. He's a good director. Um, And it's from the Cormac McCarthy novel, which did that win the Pulitzer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it's a terrific book. The book is amazing. The movie is
0: pretty good.
2: The movie is not as good as the book. The book is amazing. Uh, The movie is Did you cry when you finished the book? Uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, the book is basically about fatherhood, but the story is... Uh, so there's been a nuclear exchange, and this is years after that. And humanity is basically winding down because all the airs... Um, so nuclear winter has taken over. There's no crops. All the animals are dead. And now the, the country is just wandering.
0: It's the walking dead with no zombies in 20 years.
2: Yeah, and the country is just wandering groups of... Uh, mostly men who are who band together and are cannibals and just take what they want. And the story is about this one father and his son and him just trying to get his son to the ocean, which he thinks will be a safer place.
0: Yeah, they start in Chicago, I, yeah, think. I think. It's somewhere cold and they're trying to get...
2: They're trying to get warmer to where there's warmth and ocean, because that's where life will start to come back eventually. So he is trying to, as they say in the book, carry the fire. So basically teach his son to not be like these people and give up his humanity for survival. Um, but it is a pretty, uh, clear eyed examination of what would happen if there was a nuclear exchange and you were a survivor. Um, so here's a scene. It's a fun little scene. Uh, showing sort of some of the stuff they deal with
4: the clock stopped at 117 there was a long sheer bright light and a series of low concussions I think it's October but I can't be sure kept a calendar for years. Each day is more gray than the one before. It is cold and growing colder as the world slowly dies. No animals have survived and all the crops are long gone. Soon all the trees in the world will fall. The roads are peopled by refugees towing carts and gangs carrying weapons looking for fuel and food. Sometimes I tell the boy old stories of courage and justice, difficult as they are to remember. All I know is the child is my warrant. And if he is not the word of God, then God never spoke.
2: A fun movie. Yeah. Um, fun romp. Um, but a really good movie about fatherhood ultimately is what it's really about. But um, uh, as you can see, it's so color desaturated, it's almost black and white, but not quite. Um, but yeah, uh, well worth reading the book if you don't think, even if you don't think the movie's for you, the book is pretty great. So those are three of my favorite. You got a bonus. Apocalypse movies. Oh, yeah, I got a bonus. I forgot. Oh, yeah. And then recently. Um, one of my favorite TV shows, perhaps my favorite TV show of all time, Twin Peaks. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> in the return, um, they basically, David Lynch, reoriented the Twin Peaks story so that the, the, the bomb test. So this isn't the bomb of Hiroshima. This is actually the first atomic weapons test in Nevada. Um, that th- when this happened we basically punched a hole into another dimension and allowed true evil to enter the world because this was so... This is such a horrible thing that humanity did by creating this that we allowed um, an, an unspeakable evil to come in and prey upon humanity. So this is the birth of Judy, who is an evil force, and Bob, who is, of course, the the evil force, that the entity that possesses... Laura Palmer's dad And eventually Dale Cooper Um So he basically Puts the whole Point at which The whole Twin Peaks story Begins here Um And so this is an amazing sequence from episode 8 of Twin Peaks, where the bomb is dropped, and it's set to this song by uh, Penderecki, who's a famous composer, and his well-known song, uh, Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima, which is a song about, obviously, Hiroshima. Um, And it's this really long sequence. I'm just going to show you a minute or two of it. But you go into the nuclear cloud, and then there's, like, different colors. Yeah, it's like, what, eight or ten minutes? Yeah, it's a long sequence and really abstract. And then bob and judy and these creatures come out it's it's pretty crazy um but it's amazing amazing television easily the best episode i've, t- I've seen on television in years so i couldn't not reference it with this subject so let's take a, a look at this scene from twin peaks the return scene yeah
0: I like one of the things I like about that episode is that if you if somebody explained what happened it wouldn't (laughs) make any difference at all like it's what happens isn't nearly as important as how it happens Um, also White Sands is where they landed the space shuttle in space camp for their emergency
2: landing a lot of government stuff happened on White Sands yeah
0: so that was an uplifting section all around thank you for that
2: thanks yeah Uh, uplifting subject
0: Yeah. First for me is The Day After, uh, which was a made-for-TV movie in 1983, um, which was a huge deal. There were only, like, one and a half channels back then, so pretty much everyone in America watched this movie. I watched it with my grandparents, and they ran all the... John Cullum, who's in the movie, did this, like, serious talk beforehand about don't... If you have little kids in the house, probably best not to have them watch... Yeah. ...at a time when kids were just watching Watch TV whatever, and yeah. so my brother and I were like should we be watching this my grandfather was like yeah it's fine I fought a war when I was your age and so we watched this <laughs> movie they had Ted Koppel doing uh, round table discussions after it I think it's still the most watched uh, movie on TV which I can't imagine that, that record's gonna get broken anytime soon uh, cause what the fuck would you be watching <laughs> short of if the Super Bowl turns into a movie um, but this is it takes place in Kansas and sort of follows a group of people um immediately leading up to the attack and then after and sort of the rebuilding of society um so let's check out the super 80s local tv uh commercial for this movie
1: sunday a motion picture unlike anything you've ever witnessed we are not talking about hiroshima anymore hiroshima was, was peanuts the most controversial movie of our time.
5: Any of you guys hear anything about an alert?
1: When war ceases to be a game. It's not going to so happen Yeah. people crazy, but not that crazy. The movie that shocked the world.
5: There's not going
3: to be a war, is there? The city of Moscow is being evacuated. I
4: don't believe it's happening.
1: For the first time on television, nominated for 12 Emmy Awards.
3: This is
5: not an exercise.
1: Pray that it remains fiction. <laughs> One millisecond takes you beyond imagining, beyond tomorrow, and into the day after. Over 300 missiles inbound now. Perhaps the most important film ever made. The day after, 8.30 Sunday on Channel 10, another
0: Toyota Super
2: Show. <laughs> That's why they have an English voice over now. That's really weird.
0: <laughs> the, uh this That's a... Uh, the
2: Toyota Super Show kind of yeah. undercuts the whole thing. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. perhaps
0: the most important movie ever made. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. We're not here to judge. Uh, and in case you think that people should have known better that that may or may not have happened, uh, check out one of the commercials for the new Commodore computer that ran inside the day after right now.
1: This is a Commodore home computer system. With it, you can learn music, take care of your household accounts, file your lists, type your letters, get into
5: telecommunications,
1: and entertain your family. But it all starts with the Commodore 64 or VIC-20. And now is the right time to start because the price of all Commodore software is now up to 50% less. Commodore computers, in more homes than any other home computer.
0: So when the software's showing up on cassette tapes, uh, you can't just Google to see if there's really mm. a war coming. People freak out. Uh, next for me is uh, one little Ebert tease away, and that is Testament, uh, which is originally a PBS movie and then it ended up coming out in the theaters. Uh, also in the early 80s, if not actually 1983 itself. This is a fictional town in California outside San Francisco and follows a family... Um, the uh, dad is William Devane and his wife is Jane Alexander and it's sort of dad goes off to work and then the bombs go off and it's trying to sort of piece their family back together it's not nearly as brutal as Barefoot Gin but it's the same sort of idea in terms of the banding together of different people and trying to have a familial unit and then moving forward so this is another weird trailer for an 80s movie but this is the way they talked about it so here we go
1: It was a day like any other Televisions glowed, radios blared Breakfasts were being served Children were playing
5: Everything was as it should be When suddenly It could never be that way again
2: Yeah,
0: Not the most effective.
2: Well, there were a lot purpose. of these made-for-TV ones, and then they got turned into movies like Threads that I talked about yeah, yeah. a bunch of episodes ago, which is pretty much the best one, was a made-for-TV BBC thing that got turned into a movie.
0: Yeah. Um, my last one is a made-for-TV BBC movie, and that is The War Game, uh, which was a black-and-white documentary-style movie that came out in the 60s for about four minutes until they were like, whoa, this is too fucked up. And it won an Oscar for Best Documentary and then got shelved for 20 years, and they actually ran it right before... I don't remember if it was the premiere of Threads or if it was, like, a fun back-to-back family (laughs) night double feature of the most depressing potential nuclear war movies ever made. This movie's short. It's, like, not even quite an hour, Um, but it's... The the basic premise is that it's running through all the scenarios of treaties of different governments there's a war that's escalating in south asia that then is a warsaw pact uh escalation east germany and uh the us and eventually the soviet union launches a nuke at britain and this is what life is like so let's uh check out that trailer
1: this could be the way the last 2 minutes of peace in britain would look 9:16 a.m. A single megaton nuclear missile overshoots Manston Airfield in Kent and airbursts 6 miles from this position. <coughs> At this distance, the heat wave is sufficient to cause melting of the upturned eyeball, third-degree burning of the skin, and ignition of furniture. Twelve seconds later, the shock front
0: arrives. <laughs> just a little just bit of a weird. Just cuts off. Fuck it. Ah! Um, but yeah, that's basically the '60s uh, pre-threads, which does it much better. Um, but I just. Like that movie as well. And since um, you already talked about Threads. Um, those are some of our favorite romantic comedy post nuclear apocalypse movies. Let's see what you your favorite are. Adult Swim, Facebook's
2: Book of Eli, Akira, The Road, Threads, Terminator 2. I mean, yep. Akira makes sense um, because Akira does occur after a limited nuclear exchange. Yeah. Um, I just, we've talked about Akira so many times. I was those- looking
0: at. Book of Eli. The end of that movie kind of sucks, but the yeah. leading up to it is cool. Uh, um,
2: the idea he's running around with an iPod is what's yeah stupid. Yeah, but that's a good old Denzel B movie. Uh, but not good choices. Let's see what the tsunami Facebooks uh, choices. Wally,
0: not a nuclear war. It was a nuclear war. Yeah, nuclear war, yeah. The trash Fist of the North Star
2: is one of my favorites, but it's not a movie. Uh, Mad Max, yeah, but you know. yeah sure and nausicaa which is a story that occurs after it's like hundreds of years after there's been a nuclear exchange so
0: extreme post. yeah i just
2: didn't i didn't we've already talked about some of those but um those are those are good picks um so now on to our sneak peeks um first up we have a topical promo For the next episode of Dragon Ball Super, episode 65, that airs on 10.30 this Saturday night. Is it this Saturday night? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. I can feel it. Two glorious
1: and unparalleled powers dissolving into one within
5: me. (laughs) So he's even stronger now? That's just what we need.
1: (laughs) Dragon Ball Super, Saturday night at 10.30. Stare in awe. I am Justice Incarnate!
2: Only Toonami on Adult Swim. So, looking good. Um, we also have a promo for the new episode, of, well, new to us uh, episode of My Hero Academia at its new time of 11.30. Um, so let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of My Hero Academia.
1: There are three types of faux villains in every battle center. You'll earn points based on their level of difficulty, so better choose wisely.
4: Come on, I need points fast! (laughs) Isn't this
1: a little extreme? My Hero Academia, Saturday at 11.30. Clench your butt cheeks and yell this from the depths of your heart.
2: on Adult Swim. So, uh, next up, Big Night for us uh, is a... We're going to show you the promo again. You've already seen it, but we are happy to uh, be premiering, finally, the first episode of Fooly Cooly Progressive, which some of you who have been at cons may have had an opportunity to see, but otherwise you haven't. So, we really hope you like it. Unless
0: you stole it, in which case, give it back.
2: Uh, We really hope hope you like it it premieres t- tomorrow night at midnight and so here is the trailer one last time to tempt you into checking it out so let's watch the trailer again
4: there's nothing i want to be there's nothing i want to do all that exists is zero no, would it never kill never you to have never 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 even the tiniest re- reaction you. morning mm-hmm. good morning he, he when you hit pause on the
0: world like that
1: your body will slowly start to rot away. I suppose I'll just have to bust on in. Where is she? The one who pulled that out of you? You can't escape me. This is a matter between you and me. So don't lay a hand on her. I think I'm This girl packs a punch like a shooting
4: star. The world must be destroyed before it can become beautiful. Guess that's what they call adolescence.
2: So hopefully you'll dig it and hopefully you'll watch all six and then watch the six episodes of Alternative. Um, And then... Next up, because we're obviously introducing a new show, we have a new lineup. So let's let's look at our new lineup promo for Six Two mm-hmm. and check it out.
1: Tsunami is bigger, better, and hotter than ever. A new chapter begins. I'm about to turn out all your lights. Go time. Dragon Ball Super powers up at 10.30. Then DBZ Kai drops its attack at 11.00. My Hero Academia punches in at 11.30. Go beyond! Kooli Cooley Progressive premieres at midnight. Worst case scenario, you could die. JoJo battles Dio at 12.30. Look at me when I kill you! Hunter Hunter fights back at one. (laughs) Yes! Black Clover works magic at 1.30. I'll give you pay! Ship it does Fox at 2. Steal it in your soul. Space Dandy works in at 2.30. No one shakes a booty like yours truly. Cowboy Bebop jams at 3. And Lupin steals the show at 3.30. Let us toast them.
2: Toonami, Saturday night from 10.30 to 4.
1: You have a good day.
2: So a lot of stuff going on (laughs) like right now yeah um and then uh we also have a music video um and it's a cool it's a really cool animated video it's the song is called misheard and the group is moaning music so uh moaning excuse me so let's uh let's check that out Cool. Nice. Um, so uh, then finally we have, well, not finally, but we also have n- another edition of Moving Pictures uh, in which I review a movie that I uh, was suggested to me by you guys, the viewers. So I decided to check out Batman Ninja because it looked pretty awesome. Um, and it's something people have been talking about. Um, so I fired it up and really enjoyed it. It's pretty, it's totally insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, the plot is Bananas In terms of like What I think
2: the plot Only exists So that they can Show different fun stuff
0: It's a pitch That somebody had In an elevator That then they were like Oh yeah
2: It's a CGI Like anime Of Batman Back in um, Edo period Japan, so it's it's pretty and all the insane and the all the villains, villains, all his villains. So it's a super it's super over the top and it's super fun. So uh, let's check out my review of Batman Ninja. Hello, Toonami faithful. This is Jason DeMarco with another edition of Moving Pictures, in which I review a movie suggested to me by you, the viewers. Uh, and this week I'm reviewing Batman Ninja. So, Batman Ninja uh, has been sort of in the works for a while, probably since 2000. They think have been worked on since 2015. It's a straight-to-video, although it's theatrical in Japan, release that's basically a Batman anime. The look of it is a toon-shaded anime, but it's the best-looking toon-shaded CG treatment of anything I've ever seen. Um, so, it's definitely not... When you hear toon-shaded, don't let that make you think of all the bad tune shading stuff you've seen over the years this is really really visually sumptuous so basically batman is fighting gorilla grodd and a bunch of other villains and gorilla grodd basically sets off a time bomb for want of a better word i mean it doesn't matter what it's really called And all the villains get sucked into this vortex and end up in feudal Japan in the Edo period. Batman is on the edge of this explosion and ends up being sucked in as well. But because he was on the edge, everybody else has been there first. So when he lands in feudal Japan, he's immediately attacked by Samurai who worked for the Joker, who's now a a lord.
5: Haven't you heard? Everyone's been calling me Dairoku Tinmouth, the Demon King.
2: He meets Catwoman, who's also been sucked in there, and he finds out that everyone else has been there for a couple years, that he's late, basically, and that they've all set up their own fiefdoms and they are all fighting with each other. So it's Gorilla Grodd, Two-Face, Joker and Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And then there's one other one, but I'm I can't remember.
5: I am a man! I have a name! Fly! <laughs> My five friends!
2: The thing is they cram like, I don't know, 15 or 20 DC characters in this. Oh, it turns out Alfred's there and he's already built a bad cave. And there's also the Bat family. So there's the Red Hood and Robin and Nightwing. So they're all there. So um, Batman hooks up with with them, and basically he has to get essentially a a battery from each of the lords so that they can fire up the machine again, the quantum engine, and get everybody back home. So Batman makes a deal with Gorilla Grodd, who, uh, of course, double-crosses him.
5: What do you say, Batman? I'll be the bait.
2: It's the best
4: way to draw out the Joker.
2: So then Batman kind of has to start all over. He's he's broken all of his gear. He's kind of down to square one. And he runs into a ninja clan who have a, a legend that's been foretold that a man dressed as a bat will come and save them. So he hooks up with the ninja clan, and they basically go about dismantling these bad guys one by one. Really, the whole movie is just an excuse for a bunch of cool set pieces. The plot is pretty over-the-top and ridiculous in the best comic book way.
5: This penguin moves as swiftly
4: on land as it does at sea.
2: Bad guys yelling, explaining their plans, Batman being Batman, being humorless and and angry, Robin making jokes, or some of the Robins making jokes. The characterizations are in line with most DC stuff. Where this differs is the design is super-duper... Like they've pushed. It's it's. It was designed by uh, Takashi Okazaki, who is the guy who did uh, Afro Samurai, and he was the lead designer. And the designs are incredible. The Joker's outfit is incredible. Gorilla Grodd looks great. Poison Ivy. Like they've basically taken them into a feudal Japan and given them a treatment. Not too bad. And then there's some steampunk stuff. They've got they've got giant sort of wood robot battles. Uh, They have uh, magic. It's sort of everything. It's like, oh, they want some ninja fights. You got it. You want Batman with ninja fights? You got it. You want giant robot Batman battles? You got those, too. You want, like, it's it's like everything. It's kind of like eating a whole meal of candy, like all this stuff. Visually, it's really, really thick with detail. It looks gorgeous. You can tell it took a couple years to make. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like anything else I've ever seen, which is always a good thing for me. And as a you know a DC animated movie, they're always well done, but they're this this is a different level of animation quality than they normally touch. I mean, it's an, it almost it looks like a theatrical like it's it's crazy how good it looks. So I mean, I would say for nothing else, you should check it out just to see this amazing tune shading that the director Junpei, his name is I'm, let me look it up Junpei. mizusaki junpei mizusaki and this is his first directorial effort he worked on jojo's bizarre adventure which also has incredible visuals so i guess he's bringing that to the table and i heard that or at least the wikipedia says that essentially the american version and the japanese version are very different like they basically have completely different stories but the story doesn't make sense anyway so i wouldn't worry about it So I would say this is worth checking out if you like DC animated movies. If you are interested in an anime take on Batman, on the Batman mythos, if you're interested in shutting your brain off and just seeing a fun action movie that uses uh, color and movement really well, I think this is a good one for that. I really enjoyed Batman Ninja. I hope you do too. And, uh, hit me up with your next suggestions at, at Clark Nova one, uh, on Twitter or, um, on our tsunami Facebook, I guess Um Yeah, I can't think of anything else Gotta fly so well, yeah, I would say check it out Yeah, I uh, enjoyed it Um, and then Finally, this week we have a very big Adult Swim single We have, uh, we've been going for now Oh, I'd say we're on We're probably on week 57 by now Um, but, um We just refuse to stop. I'm refusing to give up. It's going to be a year. So we have a new song by... Never. We have a a song by Run the Jewels. So this is a remix of Stay Gold, which is from their last album, but the beat is totally different, and it was made by Smith and Cash, who are two Atlanta producers. It's a great beat. And it has an extra verse by Gangsta Boo, who's been on other uh, Run the Jewels songs and, of course, was in Three Six Mafia. So it's a great remix that basically sounds like a completely new song, uh, and we get to premiere it as a part of Adult Swim. Singles because our good friends Run the Jewels let us have it and just want to put in a plug here for our festival which is uh, October 6th and 7th in LA Run the Jewels are the headliners there's also a bunch of other great uh, people playing and comedians and uh, activities to so go to Adult Swim Presents festival. is it Adult Swim Festival? Festival.com for more details but for now let's sample this Run the Jewels song as part of Adult Swim Singles
1: Hey! Hey! I got a bad girl, I got a brain with an ass girl. She got a mean pop, I gotta lean to the way I want, and I get it like light- gold. G O L D G O L D is gold. G O L D G O L D, that's gold. I got a good thing with a bad bitch, that's rare bitch. She don't even like you, ho, she'll walk in the room, take damn bitch. G O L
5: D G O L D is gold. G O L D G O L D, that's gold. Gold girl, like them old bitches
2: song number 60 and we're still not done um
0: 52 ish yeah, weeks
2: another uh run the jewels banger and you can get all the other 59 songs at adults slash singles uh you can listen to them on your phone they're streaming it's good fun go do it if you know what's good for you
0: yeah i agree with everything and you just said.
2: uh that's it hopefully in our next episode will be slightly less of a bummer um well, well, I
0: mean, the subject matter. I will mean, be. Well, no, listening to us, we're go a bummer, on, we'll regardless. A bummer. Yeah,
2: obviously, we're a bummer, but I mean, the subject matter won't be a bummer. I hope next time. So, but we're not, Please come back.
0: You're not done with us yet, because right after this, we're Is most likely playing us? another PUBG. It's gonna be us. It might be. Might it might be some. Some connection.
2: asshole will be playing some stupid game. So check it out.
0: Yeah, just not live, because who's got the time?
2: Tsunami every Saturday
3: night from 10:30 p.m. to 4 a.m.